Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast and this is episode 42 <laughs> and it's titled what does a healthy relationship look like okay this is a big <laughs> topic we've only got 30 minutes so we're going to try to give you as much as we can but just keep in mind this is not an exhaustive list this doesn't cover every possible thing that could be on it we're just going to try to give you some of the big ones the nuggets Because we want you to thrive in your relationship. Because here's the thing. When we look around, um, we see a lot of people that love each other, that have a lot of things working, and yet there's still areas where they're struggling. And ultimately, their relationship is not as thriving, as healthy as it could be. When we also look at movies and how relationships are being portrayed, it always comes with a heavy dose of drama. <laughs> movies are the worst example of how to be in relationship. Absolutely. And it's like... We watch movies sometimes and we go like, what the heck just happened? We don't feel uplifted after this. And it's like, do people still relate like this? Like, I wonder sometimes. Well, unfortunately, I think they do. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's everybody. No. And I think that if we change the way we portrayed relationships in movies and TV shows and all of that... Uh, we would see less of it in actual society. So this is what we're hoping to give to you today is little nuggets of wisdoms to help you fine-tune your relationship. Because if you are listening to the Love Lab podcast, you probably are already more aware than the regular people and just, you know, that it takes some attention and energy to have a beautiful relationship. So just take all of these suggestions and make a few tweaks here and there and watch your relationship thrive. All right, so let's just dive right in. And we're, we're, we're going to try to move in a logical order here, which means, you know, starting off at the beginning of a relationship, what are some of the things you need? There's sort of signs that this could really be a thriving and healthy relationship. And I would say the first one is there should be some chemistry or attraction there between the two of you. Absolutely. And... It is also a fine line in terms of the chemistry of like understanding that sometimes the chemistry is different than the attraction or the desire. And some people get stuck in unhealthy chemistry and attractions. And that's for another episode. Exactly. We'll, we'll put it together for we, you. <laughs> we have a, an entire episode on this. But what, the reason why we wanted to put it on here is, well, two reasons. One is to point out the fact that just because you have chemistry doesn't necessarily mean you are compatible. And we'll talk about compatibility in a minute. But the other reason is because we've seen couples who have almost everything on the list that we're going to give you, mm -hmm. but they have no spark, no passion, no chemistry. They're like either just co-parents or they're like best friends or roommates, mm -hmm. but they're lacking that peace. Mm -hmm. And ideally, in order to have that really happy relationship, also having a similar sex drive really helps. And it's something that I address a lot when I work with my clients because it's thing that people don't talk about 
right off the bat and then they get into a relationship and then they go like well now I realize that I want to have sex four times a week while my partner just wants sex twice a week and I always tell people you know whatever wherever you are at on the sex drive level is fine there's no such thing as you should do it x amount of times is whatever works for you however you got to find somebody who has some similar uh, desire in terms of the the amount it's like hey I, you know I'm a foodie so I always bring things to food and I'm like if you're an apple and you want apple you can't be with somebody who loves oranges and wants oranges because no matter how hard you're going to try to divide your apples or multiply your apples you're still not going to be an orange <laughs> <laughs> sure that's one way to put it so it's not even just the frequency it's also the type of sex yes, too yes. so you you want to try to be with somebody who wants to have sex roughly about the same amount that you want and very similar types obviously they don't have to be exact but but all of those things uh, speak of something a little bit bigger which is compatibility yes right and so there you know you can have all the chemistry in the world and we've seen this so so many times with couples that have great chemistry but beyond the chemistry they're different in just about every possible <laughs> way you can think of. You know, he likes to go to bed way, way late. She likes to go to bed early. He eats this type of food. She wants that type of food. I mean, these are real examples, by the way. I, there's so many examples. <laughs> we, could, we could do 30 minutes on all of the differences we see with people. But you, you, the idea is just that you want to be with somebody that is relatively similar to you in the things that you like to do and the way that you like to live your life. Yes, but what's interesting is it comes to mind the whole thing about opposites attract. You know, we think like sometimes, okay, if you're different, you attract and that creates that chemistry because of the difference. And I say yes. And it is possible to have a healthy relationship when you have very big differences. However, the, the difference is in the amount of work that it takes to be in that relationship. And I believe that both Kevin and I have been in relationships where we were not as compatible as the relationship that we are in together. Like we have a level of compatibility that we never experienced before. And what we have noticed that um, is different is the fact that we made the other relationship work, but it was work. Mm-hmm. And yes, they worked. And, you know, they worked for a few years. <laughs> um but it's like this kind of a constant, um, I don't know if I should say struggle, but just like that there's, you have to put energy. Well, in our relationship, it flows. Man, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and that's how it should be. That's why yeah. we realized, like we've had many discussions over that, but like that's how relationships and healthy relationships are supposed to be. Totally. And you know, I, I need to, take just a moment here to set the record straight on what they mean by opposites attract. Okay. (laughs) So that statement is both true and false, and it all depends on what you mean by it. And so when we look at society, society says, oh yeah, opposites attract. And what they think they mean by that is people who are very different tend to be attracted to each other. That's not at all the meaning of opposites attract. The meaning of opposites attract is polarity. 
which is masculine and feminine energies. Somebody who's more feminine will be attracted to somebody who's more masculine and vice versa. It's not tied to gender. We're talking energies here. That's what they mean by opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And from that point of view, opposites attract is true. Mm -hmm. But don't think that that you should be looking for somebody who's completely different than you are because that's just (laughs) not going to fucking work. (laughs) Well, you got to remember that in order to have the deep love and intimacy, you have to have sameness. And then in order to create that polarity, that spark, that desire, that attraction, you have to have these differences. But differences, like Kevin mentioned, are really more on the spectrum of energy. And if you remember that and you create both similarities and things you do or view differently, then you've got the jackpot. (laughs) We've got like an entire two-hour lecture that we give on polarity. So (laughs) we're not going to go there now. So the lesson here as our first building step of a healthy relationship about having the chemistry and attraction, the compatibility and similar sex drive is really all around cultivating the sexiness. Remember, we talk about the cultivating the constant state of arousal. We say that a lot, but maintaining the sexy atmosphere in your relationship is key and whatever it takes for you to get there it's something that you can do on your own because you shouldn't just depend on your partner to always you know get you in the mood or make you happy and we've got tons of other episodes on that Uh, so you are responsible for that but also things that you can do together to cultivate that sexiness Yeah, so you should have all those things and even if you do you have to work at cultivating them so let's move to our next uh, building block of our healthy relationship here. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, the, all the other things that we've talked about thus far are you sort of either have or you don't. You either have an attraction, you have some compatibility, or you don't. But this next one, whether you have those things or not, is probably the most important thing that you could possibly have in a good relationship. And that is excellent communication. Mm. The ability to communicate where you're at, what you need, what you want, and to do it in a way that is heard on the other side and to do it in a way that's compassionate and kind. I Honestly, <laughs> most couples just can't do it. <laughs> They just can't. That's true. And uh, we we witness that. We witness that over and over. And um, there are... Okay, there's a funny story that I want to bring here. <laughs> so we were, uh, we were with friends over the weekend, and we witnessed some dynamics happening into a relationship where, you know, they call each other lovely names, whoever it's honey, babe, sweetheart, whatever it is. And then they basically trying to tell each other what to do. So they're trying to put together a tent and they each hold a pole and they all like, babe, you should put it there. No, how about you do this? And they each like grab onto the pole, tell each other what to do and try to be nice. If you just listen to the words, it's slightly nice thinking that we're having good communication. For those watching, which was us, you like really see this thing of like, holy moly, the energy is going like really being like really heavy and you kind of see arrows, even though there's a babe, love words, it's like, you need to do my, to do it my way. Well, yeah. And so what, what you had in that situation was 
two people who both had their own ideas of how it should be done.、Mm-hmm. Those ideas were different, and neither one was willing to budge and let and give in to the other person's way of doing things. Now, why this is so relevant to communication <laughs> is because what we witnessed was somebody saying, "Just, just let go. Just do it my way. Just you know, follow what I want to do." From basically both sides, <laughs> and. So neither person had a real incentive to let go, whereas if they had good communication, one of them may be able to say, "Hey, I have a tent just like this, and I found that the easiest way to put it up is if we hold the pole from here and from here and do one at a time." Or the other one might say, "I've been using this tent for you know." Ten years, and I've tried every way possible to put it up. And what works best for me is to do it this way, right? So the idea is that rather than just saying "stop, <laughs> do it my way," you can compassionately say, "Hey, the reason why I would like you to do it my way is because of this." And nine times out of ten, if somebody realizes that you have a good reason behind what you're asking for. And it's not just that you want to impose your will because you know how to do it best. Nine times out of ten, they'll go, "Oh, that makes sense. Okay, let's try it your way." Yeah, and if you're not willing or able to get there, just have a consensus of like, "Let's do the tent my way, and let's drive the car your way today." Like, pick your areas of like, okay, let's try it my way first. Like, like have have this decision, but that comes down to the communication. But then it leads us to the second step. Yeah. Which is all about trust. Trust. Now this、oh. is this is good because the tent <laughs> the tent situation really speaks to this too, which is you might know that your way works, but it doesn't mean that their way doesn't work. <laughs> right, and so you have to trust that if you do let go, that it's going to be just fine. Yeah, the tent will get up either way. <laughs> and I teach that a lot in my classes, the irresistible women, when it comes to、uh, feminine, masculine dynamic, and how to really communicate with a man to get your needs met, and to also, you know, make him really feel good in that relationship. And and one of the thing is. Sometimes we women tend to think we're smarter and like we we've got this, and sometimes it's true, but it doesn't mean that because we have the idea faster or we have a, a, a slightly better way that the their way is not good. And I always say if it's not a in like life or death situation or real emergency, like there's something that's gonna like really get damaged and hurt, like you know either like. Yeah, if there's not that, it's not worth putting up a, a somewhat of a fight or creating that tension. Just be willing to try somebody else's way. Well, and and most often there's more than one way to do something,、exactly. and people get too attached to the fact that it has to be their way. <laughs> and this is actually where a lot of women go wrong. Yes, is because it's not it's not that they're. Uh, wrong with their idea, and it's not that he's wrong with his idea, but too many people get too attached to you have to do it my way because my way is the right way,、yeah. and you know nine times out of ten. There's more than one right way. Yeah, you know the day that that became really clear for me was when I was driving, and I tend to be a slightly aggressive driver. Okay, 
quite aggressive. That's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> anyway, I'm still young and it's time to change. Um, but anyway, so here I am on the road and I'm like passing people and trying to get there. And I'm like, come on, we're not going to get stuck at this red light, you know. And so here I make this slightly dangerous move to get there. And I'm like, yeah, I made it. I made the green light before it shifted to yellow and red. And then I get stuck to the right, the next red light. And guess who gets right next to me about 25 seconds after I'm already still waiting on that red light? The same car that I pulled the crazy move on that, you know, was driving too slow. And then it made me realize that, wow, this person actually did not go anywhere like where it was dangerous. I pulled a dangerous move. I endangered myself, other people, in order to go faster because I had the perfect way. And yet we're still getting at the destination at the same time. Exactly. There's, there's so many <laughs> examples that we could use for that. I always like to use rock climbing as an example of that because most of the time there's multiple ways to get past a certain section mm -hmm. on a climb. And it's funny sometimes when you watch people try to give other people instructions on how to do it. It's like, just do it like this. Just do it this way. And, uh, and the same way doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, it depends on your body, on your flexibility and so many different yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of <laughs> factors in there. Um, so that also brings us to honesty. Mm. Honesty is another big one too. If you don't have honesty in your relationship you're going to have some big problems. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, we hear tons of bad advice about, well, don't tell him this because then he'll do that or don't share this with her because she'll lose this, mm -hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like all of that is bullshit. It's all just game playing. Mm -hmm. You have to be honest. First of all, the, the person you have to be the absolute 100% honest with all the time is yourself. That's what was yes. most important. But short of that, the very next most important person to be 100% honest with is your partner. <laughs> and you know what I, What comes with honesty and kind of as a, as a lesson here, as a wrap up, is being able to talk about anything, even the difficult subjects. And you know, sometimes I may want to say something to Kevin that I'm, may not be the... I know that he's not going to fully like it, but it needs to be shared. Or maybe you might want to tell me something that you're like, well, it might hurt her. She might not quite like it. But knowing that we respect each other and that we value each other's opinion, I'm always willing to listen. And I'm okay sometimes if I get hurt. It's just the ego. It's just the ego. I can get over it, you know, and be like, wow, I see this came from a good place. But the ability to be 100% honest with each other gives us a level of intimacy and freedom that you don't get if you don't have that level of honesty. And remember, honesty with compassion and kindness. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how, how you, you say, say it. it. That is true. <laughs> and I want to bring one last thing here in our uh, Excellent Communication, Trust and Honesty Foundation is also about taking responsibility. Okay? And taking responsibility, if we go back to our tent example, both of our people were trying to take the lead. And listen, they're trying to take the lead. But if you stop the trying, because trying never works, and you just take responsibility, then you stop projecting onto somebody else or blame on somebody else why something is not working. You take responsibility for your end and you just do it. 
Oh, if people could only do that throughout their entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Take responsibility. Now, you know, sometimes people think that taking responsibility means, well, when you say that in the context of what we're describing, uh, people usually have two reactions. One is, I need to take responsibility and get shit done, Mm -hmm. which means basically take the lead and take over. Mm -hmm. Or they might think, well, I just have to take responsibility for messing it all up. Basically, like, I need to take the blame. Mm -hmm. And actually, neither one of those is really what we're saying. You know, what we're really saying is, it depends on the situation, and sometimes it might mean, you know, taking responsibility might mean, I'm going to make sure this thing happens or gets done. But sometimes it might just mean looking at that situation and realizing that the reason it's not working is because both of you, both of you <laughs> are refusing to work with each other, right? And so the, the, the taking responsibility part is simply realizing that, oh, I'm trying to take the lead at the same time you know, he or she is trying to take the lead. And obviously that's creating this dynamic that's not working. So how can I shift that? What can I do that would change that dynamic? I love this. And it's such a great segue into our next building block of a healthy relationship. Um, you got to have skills for resolving conflicts. Oh, yes. <laughs> tools, tools. You should have a toolbox full of different things because, you know, different tools are appropriate for different situations. <laughs> I love this. I just had this vision of you with all your toolbox and be like, ooh, this is the one for this particular (laughs) situation. It's true. You know what? Like when it comes to communication, so I've had several relationships with people where we had very different communication styles. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you think it would be as easy as simply making a statement, uh, you know, this desk is black. Mm -hmm. And then when it's heard on the other end, they hear it's it's multicolored polka dots, you know, and you're like, wow, that's not at all what left my mouth. But somehow between when it left my mouth and it was received in the ears on the other side and processed by the brain, it got all mangled up, right? <laughs> so, so you have different tools depending on how or why the message isn't being heard or interpreted, right? Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, I had... Uh, one case where um, the partner I was with, you know, I, I tend to give a lot of information all at once. Mm-hmm. And I kept being frustrated that my partner would not hear things. Like, I, I clearly said it. I said it multiple times. And then they look at you like a deer in headlights, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never said that. So what I realized was, and with the help of of a, a friend and someone who will hopefully be a future guest on this program was to break it down into smaller pieces, right? And so once I started implementing that tool of sort of breaking things down, all of a sudden there was a much higher comprehension rate, right? And that's just one example. I could give a whole bunch more of different tools, different ways that I learned like, oh, in this situation, if I try this tool, it works. In this situation, this tool works. Absolutely. And so if you haven't yet taken the steps to increase your skills and your awareness when it comes to communication, that's the best thing that you can do together as a couple. Read books on nonviolent communication, compassionate communication, go to workshops. And really, it's, it's, it, it, try it. There's nothing, there's not, you're never going to be at a point where you're perfect. Okay. And some people believe that 
if only I learn this one more thing or do that, then I'll reach that place. And then from here on, everything will always be rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> and as much as I love the idea, it's just not how things ha happen in life. And what you need to realize is that there's always going to be things that sometimes don't happen exactly how you planned them. You know? <laughs> Remember about expectations. The right? hell you say. <laughs> <laughs> and you just need to get better at dealing when things come up. Absolutely. Now, Kevin mentioned that earlier as we're talking about this communication piece and solving and resolving conflicts, having compassion and empathy. You know, sometimes we all learn things at different paces. And sometimes you might have already gotten the lesson or understood it, but your partner needs to hear it one more time. And it doesn't make them stupid. It doesn't make them, I don't know, not good enough or whatever the judgments are. When you think of that, you can have empathy. You have been there. You had this difficult thing happen and have compassion when they're going through something difficult. Yeah, the, the statements that always landed the strongest for me in this regard is, and I don't remember who said it first, I've heard it many times from many pe different people, but it's basically that everybody is doing the best they can with what they have. Mm. Even if the best they can is fucking shit. <laughs> like even if it's just the worst behavior, you have to realize that wherever they're at in their development, that's the best that they can do in that moment. As pathetic as that might be, that's the best they can do, right? And so we have to realize that, that you know, most people, that's, that's all they can do with where they're at. And back to our healthy relationship, just expect that your partner is always doing their best at any given time. So expect the best from them and know that they, they, they did it all. Well, okay, so this is, this is great. I love what you just said because they've actually done scientific experiments around this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know we've done a whole show about not having expectations. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that this is an expectation, <laughs> but... This is more of like, um, what's another word that we could use for that? Because basically... Uh, it's a potential, like holding a vision. Yeah, <laughs> for, for somebody's potential. So they've done some really fun experiments mm -hmm. where they've taken kids, like young kids in a class, and they've had the teacher set the expectation, for lack of a better word, in the beginning, where they said, okay, you all are terrible at whatever this thing is and it's you know we don't expect you to do very well so you know whatever and then they've taken classes with kids where they said you are gifted you are mm -hmm. talented we expect you to be shining stars of whatever and then and then they basically teach them the exact same stuff uh -huh. and then they watch how they do and they, they literally see that when they set the higher expectation and told the kids that they were geniuses, they performed better than the <laughs> ones who didn't. So the idea is kind of do that in your relationship too. Like, yes. you know, just just build your partner up and say, you're amazing mm -hmm. and you can do this mm -hmm. and you got this. Mm -hmm. And you see that they will they will rise to that that. I hate using that word expectation. I haven't come up with a better to one that yet. Vision. <laughs> they will, they'll rise to that vision that you hold of them. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. I love it. It's so beautiful. We call ourselves um, Team Us. 
That's so right. we act as teammates and not competitors. And TMA stands for unstoppable success, by the way. So yeah. we've got acronyms. Like, uh, we're on it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And one thing, though, to remember is like, it's really important to build that and to create that extra bond, you know, of acting as like, it's us together. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And one thing to remember too is to go out of your way for each other. And I really want to say like these little things really, really matter in a healthy relationship. Like, you know, uh, Kevin needed new glasses and I knew it mattered to him for me to be there and helped in the selection process of those glasses. Are you saying I'm getting old? <laughs> is that what you're telling everybody? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I said you needed new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and then um, I went out of my way. Did I really want to go there? No. I took an afternoon off to go and do that with him. But the reward, the connection, what it brought us, and the fact that he knows that I'm there for him. Does, you know, when sometimes I want something specific, like, does he really want that? No, but he does it because he knows it's it's making me that's, happy. That's what you do for your partner that it you love. Is. You know, if they need to be driven to the doctor, you drive them to the doctor. Exactly. They need to pick them up something when you're out of the store. Like, that's just, that's what you do. I also, yeah, yes, go ahead. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, we're making signs, you're not seeing us, but I'm like, make sure you talk about this. <laughs> Which is exactly where I was about to go, so we didn't even need that little pause. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that in this uh, section we, we covered healthy boundaries mm-hmm. because this is really important to a su- successful relationship. You have to have healthy boundaries, and these boundaries can be about what you do or don't like in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. These boundaries can be about, you know, uh, what type of communication is acceptable, mm-hmm. uh, what type of lifestyle traits are acceptable. The thing is, is if you don't set the boundaries and you don't make them clear to each other, that's how resentment builds up on the other end because then the person keeps doing this thing that you have a boundary against, mm-hmm. right? And it starts annoying the shit out of you to the point where you can't take it anymore. And healthy boundary can also look like the other night, um, Kevin just really wanted to be on the couch, close his eyes and listen to some different podcasts. And I was like really in the mood for a movie. And once we got clear on that, I gave him the, um, the living room, left him alone, went into another room and watched a movie and just got exactly what I wanted. What was beautiful about that, we both clearly communicated we both took care of ourselves and then when we reconnected there was zero resentment we actually felt full and were able to really be on the same page yeah i know it's such a simple example but yet it really it really does a good job of showing how the dynamic should go versus how it usually goes for most people, which is they get into a little, oh, come on, I just want to, oh, but yeah, but I, you know, so then there's instant tension. Then eventually somebody caves in and then sits there and is like, I could be listening to my podcast instead of watching this stupid fucking girly flick, you know? <laughs> right? So simple example, but think about how many times that type of dynamic happens mm-hmm. probably in your own relationship, right? Absolutely. So let's talk about our last building block here. We want to take a step a little further and look at the big picture when it comes to a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. We looked at more details things and this is like really important because you need to have shared values 
and common goals. And anything you do in life, you got to be able to know your why's, right? If you start a, a, a work project, whatever you do, it's only as compelling as your reason behind it and your why. And when it comes down to relationship and having a healthy relationship, the why that is the glue that makes you stick together through the difficult times. Because if you're just together because you like each other and want to bone each other, it's not going to sustain itself through life ups and downs. But when you have something bigger in terms of your mission in the world or whatever your mission statement for your relationship is, you can remember that when things are tough, that there's something bigger than just the two of us that is the direction, the light. <laughs> yeah. So, so first, have a good why. Yes. Why are you really together? Mm-hmm. You know, and have a good, not just a, like you said, well, we're, it's, it's good sex, you know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with good sex. And, you know, if, if you're going to make your lifestyle around sex, like maybe you're both porn stars and you have great <laughs> chemistry and sex together and, and your why is to share that with the world, awesome. But for most people, it's probably not the case. You're probably going to need a little bit more than just that. But whatever the why is, the why could be raising children. Exactly. The why could be doing a podcast together. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, have a good why that's a little bit bigger than just, well, we're here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the shared values... You know, what What are your values in this world? What are things that are important to you? Mm-hmm. Like when Celine and I got together, you know, I was, one of the big values for me is things that, you know, for lack of a better term, I would say are sort of like eco-friendly, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to minimize impact on the earth and, and buying things that are only organic and eating healthy food. Exercising. And exercising. Like yeah. those were all values of mine. And when we got together, I pretty quickly found out that you shared a lot mm-hmm. of those values, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to have shared values. If, if you're a hardcore vegan and the other person is like hardcore meat eater, that could be difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, believe it or not, I know some couples who make it work with that difference in shared values because they have many other shared values mm-hmm. that are the same. But the idea is just that you, you want to try to have as many shared values as you can. And then common goals. What do you want to accomplish in your life? Where do you want to go? Like mm-hmm. obviously the big elephant in the room when it comes to common goals is do you want kids or do you not want kids? Mm-hmm. That's a huge one that gets in the way of a lot of relationships. We, you've had multiple clients where one of them wanted kids mm-hmm. and the other one didn't and then mm-hmm. one compromised and now they're not happy and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So... Just making sure that that you have some common goals. Like, mm-hmm. where do you want to go in life? You know, for, for some, it's like, well, I want to stay right where I am, living in the house I've always lived in. And mm-hmm. the other person's like, I want to travel the world, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. you want to try to have those goals in alignment as Absolutely. best you can. And then last but not least, you want to have time together and time alone. In order to have a healthy relationship, you need to cultivate the most important relationship first, which is the one you have with yourself, like Kevin said earlier. And if you do that and still nourish that relationship with yourself, you can show up for your partner and then have your time together. That is a bonus to the relationship that you have with yourself. Totally. You know, it's really interesting that sometimes you watch relationships when they get really closely and deeply connected, that when somebody in the relationship wants to do something on their own, the other person's somewhat offended. (laughs) 
you know, or like, here's another one that you see, and this happens a lot in codependent relationships where somebody will have lots of friendships and they'll be out at every event and they'll be doing all this stuff with their friends. And then they get into a relationship and they disappear. You never see them again. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the idea uh, is that it's healthy to still have friendships outside mm-hmm. your relationship, to still do things with the guys or with the girls or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Because then when you come back to the relationship, you have that much more desire. You're like, I missed you. I'm so happy to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, And then you feel nourished and recharged and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. And our lesson here is you want to have a genuine desire to see your partner thrive and grow. Yeah, this is big. I mean, this kind of ties into almost everything uh-huh. that we've talked about mm-hmm. thus far. But, you know, the mistake that people make is wanting their partner to be exactly the same as they were when they first met. <laughs> and wow, is that a box? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's a steel and concrete reinforced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a steel reinforced concrete box, you know, like that's, that's a lot to ask of somebody. What you really want in a healthy relationship is you really want a genuine desire to see your partner thrive and grow and blossom into the most amazing person that they can possibly be. Because if that's what they're doing, that's going to come right back to you in all kinds of positive ways. Mm, I love this vision. So hold this highest potential vision for yourself, for your partner, for your relationship. And after listening to this podcast... Pick one area where you see maybe I could use a little bit more trust in my relationship or I could use more of this or that and tackle one at a time and bring all of these different ideas into your relationship so that your relationship can be healthy for a lifetime. Yes. All right. This, I think, is going to qualify as our longest episode to date. (laughs) Uh, We tried to give you as much as we could in the amount of time that we have. Hopefully it was valuable to you and go out there and try to make your relationship the best relationship it can be. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.